folks to Desperately Seeking Entertainment. Really glad you're joining us for what should be a excellent, excellent discussion into all things entertainment, movies, television, books, food, whatever it is. Uh, if you're entertained by it, we're entertained by it, and that's what we like to talk about on this podcast. I am Chris Peterson. I'm one of three co-hosts this week. Uh, to my virtual left is Mr. Josh Tonner. How are you, sir? I'm doing great, Chris. Tonight I'll be playing the role of uh, Ben Frowley on the uh, on the podcast. <laughs> it's a tough role to play. Uh, uh, yes. <laughs> I'll just be way over the top. Just Exactly. Just turn it up to 11 and then just start screaming nonchalantly into the microphone. I mean, it, that's what you does. So there you go. Love you, Ben. <laughs> uh, also joining us is, of course, Miss Lynette Williams. How are you? I am great. How are you, Chris? I'm doing well. I mean, it's been an interesting week. I don't know about you all. I mean, we're recording this on May 7th. Did I miss something? And today was like national, let's just spout stupidity on social media day. Uh, I, oh my I, God. I don't know. Something was in the water today. Uh, and I'm sure if you're listening, you probably know exactly what I'm talking about. I mean, it just seemed like there was a lot of stupidity, pushing conspiracy theories, other things. I mean, I, I just needed to log off entirely i haven't looked at social media since noon i don't know about you all i just realized i haven't looked at social media all day good <laughs> don't <laughs> wait till tomorrow uh, all right good to know i thought you know the, the the dumbest thing that i had seen on on social media today was was the uh the pandemic documentary yes. i thought that was going to take the cake and then i found out that the department of justice was dropping charges against michael flynn and i thought well, that's the dumbest thing that's going to happen today. But, I, you know, it's already one has already been topped. So I'm afraid to get back on uh, before the night's over. It's with. it's one of those things. Who's we, Michael Flynn? He's the guy. He's the general. Is he a general that got uh, convicted? He was a general. He was national security advisor for 21 days uh, back in January uh, of 2017. Right, right. Uh, and he had had illicit conversations as part of the coming into the uh, the Trump White House uh, with the uh, ambassador from Russia. He then lied about it to the FBI, was convicted um, after pleading guilty, uh, but That's had right. moved to withdraw his guilty plea. And now the Department of Justice, in what I'm sure is not a political decision whatsoever, nope. is dr- dropping the case against him, which um, I wonder like how many – people who got caught up in like uh, drug cases in the 1980s and 90s, how many of them tried to withdraw their guilty pleas from the Justice Department and the cases were dropped? We're, we're, yeah. Yeah. So it's been Be a day. Interesting. It's been a day. But yeah, anyway. Right. Really great day. <laughs> but let's talk about some fun things this week. Let's get into it. So if this is the first time you're listening to this podcast, what we like to do here is basically bring some interesting things and stories and news and all that fun stuff from the world of entertainment, bring it to the podcast, talk about it. But the kicker is I have no idea what Josh and Lynette are bringing to the table this week, and they have no idea what's been entertaining me this week. So uh, this way, all the reactions that you're hearing are genuine. The discussions are spontaneous. Spontaneous. Nothing is pre-planned on this podcast, except for the fact that we're bringing two stories each this week, and then we're going YouTube, and we're going to talk about YouTube and some of the fun things that we watched this week. So, let's kick it off. Lynette, start us off. What is your first thing this week? All right, I got got something fun. I I don't think you guys are going to be able to top this. You ready? Okay. Yeah, I'm I'm bringing the bar. I'm bringing the bar. My next one will be disappointing, but that's fine. All right. I was reading uh, on Rolling Stone.com 
that, did you guys see this? That Gary Boosie is to adjudicate an animal arguments pet show on Amazon Prime no. called Pet Judge. Pet yep. Judge. Wow. Pet Judge. And it premieres on May 25th. It's six episodes. I can't wait. Apparently, and we're not just talking like dogs and cats. Like we're talking monkeys, goats, birds, meerkats. I, I don't know. It's crazy. Uh, he's obviously not a real judge and there's no such thing as pet law other than don't hurt your animals. <laughs> right, right. Um, but like, I guess the premise is that basically he's just going to solve disputes amongst owners. Okay. So it's like people's court, but with like pets and animals right. and such. Okay. Correct. And, and no actual legal anything. <laughs> The recipe for success or disaster is amazing with something like this. Isn't it? Lynette, what, just, what, plat, what platform is this going to be on? It's going to be on Amazon Prime. Oh, and it says, and other streaming services, but... Hmm. So, yeah, it's... it's Wow. I mean, this is the funny thing about Gary Busey. I mean, this is a guy that... I, 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 for the life of me, I can't remember which movie it was, but he, like... I think he's an I think he's an Academy Award nominated actor. I believe he's I think mm-hmm. he got nominated for an Oscar. Um and has gone through this amazing career arc where you know now he's obviously he's kind of is is he I wouldn't call him in the cage zone or but he's no. like he's like in the Steven Seagal All-Stars right now. And yeah. um I think this is kind of the perfect vehicle for him to kind of get launched back into pop culture. I mean, he was one of those big figures on like the um Remember when VH1 did like their reality house or their, you know, their, uh, the, the, I think it was like a, a rehab house or something like that. He was kind of always in those casts of those types of shows mm. and that became his thing for a little bit. But, um, yeah, I'll be interested to see what Gary Buse has been up to. Josh, what do you think about all this? Uh, as a I'm legal excited. professional, of course. Oh yeah. I, yeah. I, I mean, his, his credentials are clearly to be on the judiciary are impeccable. Um, so I'm glad, I'm glad that he's going to be, uh, he's finally getting to his true calling. Like not, you know, he played Buddy Holly, but, and that's what he was nominated for an Academy oh, Award okay, yes. for. Okay. Um, you know, he was in uh, uh, Point Break, like fantastic role in Point Break, uh, Under Siege, um, and a host of other, uh, of other movies. But I think like this is, this is what we've all been waiting for. Uh, was yep. for him yep. to, I mean, I can only assume it's going to be like, you know, the two dogs, Two, you know, the owners of two dogs, they live next door to each other. The dogs hate each other. That this is going to be the adjudication. Although, I I mean, quite quite honestly, I'm, I'm upset that his decisions are not going to have legal standing. Mm. Um, I really oh, like yeah. for his, his decisions to be enforceable, whatever they might be. Yeah, that's a good point. Appa- yeah, apparently one of the issues is that uh, there's an appearance, appearance of an unwelcome snake at a hotel. Uh, quote Gary Boosie put up a sign that says no snakes allowed. That keeps them out, Boosie Saley says. No dogs allowed, no locusts allowed, no munchkins allowed, nothing. Whatever you don't want in there, in your hotel, put up a sign that says what's not allowed. And yeah. That's it. That's the perfect solution. Wow. Well, I'm looking forward to this. What's the name of the show again? The name of the show is called Pet Judge. Pet Judge on Um, Amazon Prime and other 
streaming yeah. services. Okay. You know what's interesting about him is I almost got to see him live in that off-Broadway show he did last winter in November called, oh, what was it? God. I for, yes. I forgot. God something. Yeah. My friend wanted to go see it and it closed before I could get tickets. Not surprising. Not surprising. <laughs> I think it closed uh, after two shows. That's... Only Human. It was, uh, the name of the show was Only Human. Yes, uh, that's right. He played God in it, which again, that's right. good fit for him. Good fit. Right. But, you know, after two shows, they were out. They were done. Yep, that's it. That's it. Wow. Good stuff, Lynette. Good stuff. Way to hey. kick us off with Garrett Busey news. That's that's awesome. Um, Josh, what do you got for us first to lead off? So we're gonna we're we're gonna uh, mix up a couple of topics uh, or a couple of mediums that I love to talk about on the show: uh, video games and books. Nice. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna blend them together. Have either of you ever heard of an individual named Sid Meier? No. I feel like that name sounds familiar, but I could just. You know, it could just be every Jew I know. Yeah, I was gonna say that. <laughs> yeah. How about how about Will Wright? Have you guys heard of Will Wright before? No. Okay. Mm. So, Lynette, go ahead. Do you have you heard of Will Wright? Again, another name, probably not to be confused with the Wright brothers, right? That was Orville right. and Redenbacher. Okay, got it. All right. <laughs> so, Sid, Sid Meier and and Will Wright, I would would generally. Uh, be the two godfathers of simulation games, uh, whether it be for computers or consoles or, or anything. Uh, Will Wright um, made uh, is probably most, his biggest contribution was SimCity, uh, and then The Sims and uh, all that line of uh, those lines of games. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Sid Sid Meier um, is famous for making the uh, the Civilization series. Okay. Um, as well as um, pirates and colonization and, and a slew of other games. These are um, these are not action games. They are not first-person shooters. Uh, they are not adventure games. These are nerdy city builders um, or uh, civilization builders. And so naturally, uh, I love them. Uh, <laughs> and so Sid Meier has a uh, a memoir uh, coming out in September. And all of Sid Meier's games all have the same sort of title if you look them up. You know, it's Sid Meier's Pirates, exclamation point. Sid Meier's Civilization, exclamation point. Sid Meier's Colonization, exclamation point. Um, his book coming out on September 9th naturally is called Sid Meier's Memoir, exclamation point. Uh, <laughs> and it's going to be, it's actually something I'm really looking forward to, uh, is a, uh, a memoir of his his uh, um, career making video games. Uh, his, I hope uh, you know who his influences were and uh, what his influences or what he feels that he's uh, he's influenced. Um, his companies over the years. I mean, they they were the model of. They're now considered strategy games. Uh, at the time, they used to be considered simulation games whether it was simulation city builders or, or whatever, but that's simulation games have pretty much been taken over by like flight simulators and things like that. And so now they've become strategy games, although they're awesome because you're, you know, a lot of them, you're not playing against any one person you're playing against yourself and you're just trying to, to build the best city that you can or build the best civilization that you can, um, which is a lot of fun. Um, have you guys had any experience playing those games? Are you familiar with them at all? 
Not, I mean, I did. I remember doing, it wasn't SimCity. It was the uh, amusement park one. Um, oh, like a roller coaster tycoon? Yeah, roller coaster. That was, that was it. And then I don't think this was a civilization building game, but the game missed. Um, I just remember that being a very landscapey game. I, I don't, I can't remember for the life of me what it was about, but um, it's a puzzle game. That was a, a, that was a great one. Yeah. yeah, great puzzle game. Um, I got frustrated with that <laughs> game, but um, <laughs> but yeah, those are those are kind of the only ones that I really got into. How about you, Lynette? Uh, I didn't really get into it, but I know that my ex husband was big into games, so he used to play. If he wasn't playing World of Warcraft, he was playing Civilization, mm. um, which is probably why that name sounded familiar because I saw the boxes abound in the house. So I'd be like, oh, all right. Um, but yeah, no. Um, cool. Um, I mean, I think that's awesome. I mean, really, whatever whatever passes the time by right now, I'm all for it. Right. So those games certainly take a long time. They do. I, I mean, and, and it's, they, trust me, it, it's not for everybody. And, and this... Uh, I'm certain that this book is not going to be for everybody either. I just, when it, when I saw it today, I was like, I was so excited. Like there's a guy, um, who's just left an, like an indelible mark on the video game industry. Um, and, and, but who I don't know anything about, I don't know anything about it, about him. So I'm really interested in seeing this memoir when it, when it comes out and maybe, maybe it's just going to be a bunch of dirt. Uh, on all the people that he worked with and all the models that he slept with and, and everything, <laughs> or, you know, the, you know, it, it'll be, uh, I don't know, Chris, did you, if you watched last night's uh, dark side of the ring about the, uh, uh, the UCF, the uh, yeah. unified championship wrestling and like, or UCW, it, which was j- just the most insane hour of television I've ever seen. I'm halfway and, through it. I'm halfway through it. As we oh, started. dude. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> I just got to the pay-per-view, like their pay-per-view debacle. So I can't wait to see the rest of it. It's the cokiest documentary I've ever seen. (laughs) I can only imagine that Sid Meier's uh, uh, memoir is going to be exactly the same. Love it. Love it. Good stuff, (laughs) man. Good stuff. Way to bring us. No problem. Love it. Um, All right. So for my first one uh, this week, folks, Monday was a national holiday for Star Wars fans. It was May the 4th. Um, and, of course, May the 4th be with you. There it is. Um, mm-hmm. And it's become an annual thing on this on this date for fans to expect some sort of announcement from the Star Wars universe. And in the past, we've gotten some trailers. In the past, we've gotten some casting news. This year, we got the announcement that director Taika Waititi yes. is going to be directing the next... Star Wars film, and uh, this was news that I was, <clears throat> of course, you know, overjoyed with because he, I love everything that man has ever done, um, mm-hmm. and I think he brings a fresh, humorous perspective um, to a, a property that is, I think, in need of it. Um, and my biggest hope is that the powers at Disney just leave him alone to do whatever he wants with this property. Like just let him make the movie he wants to make and we'll be fine. Um, Lynette, Ooh. what are your thoughts on Taika taking over this franchise? What do you think? Here's my thing. I love the idea that Taika is taking over the franchise. I'm excited about the movie. However, I will disagree with you on letting him go alone. He needs, uh, 
he needs some wrangling a little bit. Okay. Uh, just, just, I think for the fandom, because I have a feeling though he likes Star Wars, I don't know how big into the like Star Wars verse he really is. So he needs a little bit of guide to make sure that there's that continuity, if that makes sense. That does make sense, yeah. And I think he mentioned, I don't know if you saw, there's a great new thing on Disney+. Plus. The gallery. The gallery. And he talks about yes. that, how John Favreau was this great guide for him to, so he didn't go too far left or right. Um, so yeah. I, I would agree with that, yeah. And it's not that I don't want him, I mean, I want him to go left or right. I just don't want him to be like, I'm going to create a whole new backstory for Princess Leia. And you're just like, wait, what? Right, right. <laughs> like, that would be weird. But I'm all for it. I'm also in love with Taika. Honestly, if Taika or Lin-Manuel, either one of them becomes single and available and within my wheelhouse, <laughs> I'm on it. Like, that's those that's are it. my two dream men. That's yeah. it. Well, that's the thing. So we all remember when uh, Christopher Lord and uh, his director partner, I forgot his first name, but Lord and Miller were going to direct Solo. And apparently the the humor and the improv comedy aspects that they were bringing to that actually led to their firing from that movie, uh, which ended up not being very good anyway. Um, so, uh, yeah, again, it's, it's this is one of those universes where comedy and the in, influx of comedy um, seems to be kind of this like love it or hate it type of thing. Josh, what do you think about the, the aspects, the prospects of Taika taking over a film? Well, if, if we had an hour, I would debate the merits of Solo with you. I don't necessarily <laughs> think it's a bad movie. I would love to, I, you know, I'd love to to see what, uh, you know, Lord Miller, you know, what they had left um, and not just what ended up in the movie. Uh, and I actually like what Ron Howard did with it. I like that he got the chance to uh, uh, to do it. Um, I share a little bit of Lynette's concern. I, first of all, let me just... I'll say I love Taika Waititi also. Um, I, I Jojo Rabbit was my favorite movie um, mm, yes. last year. Um, other than, you know, the last... I, I, I think Thor Ragnarok was the most fun of mm. all of the Marvel movies that have come out. Um, it, but I, I think, like, there's a that he has a style, but as long as somebody is there to be the, to be the check for him to work in an established uh, established universe um whether it was uh um i'm drawing a blank kevin feige mm-hmm. uh for mm-hmm. for the marvel movies or whether it's john favreau and and although i think he, he said favreau i really think dave filoni's like a yeah. huge influence on the on the mandalorian and, yeah. and what goes on there um even though he's not really he wasn't a director until this time around um but as long as we have that, um, it, it could be it could be really awesome. Because I thought his his episode of The Mandalorian was definitely like the funniest one and the most like you could definitely tell that he was he was the guy making it. But he knows how to do action. He knows how to blend in comedy. He knows how to work with special effects. Like it's a See, it's a good guy to have doing it. Yeah, yeah. That's that interesting that you say that because I was gonna say I. I recognize the humor in his episode, but honestly, I it I didn't realize that it was his episode until I saw the end credits and said directed by Taika Waititi, and I was like, oh oh, like I was like, okay cool, like really, um, not even yeah, like felt... the 30, thirty seconds in the two the two biker scouts are like joking with each other and 
trying to shoot the can on the ground and missing and like i was like this is this has got to be taika <laughs> i mean okay maybe a little but in the overall arc of the like there were moments where i was like oh this might be this might be taika not necessarily overwhelming like i was like ah um though i don't i don't know if somebody's gonna bring it up but can we discuss the diversity on that gallery? I was about to say, yeah. Uh, kudos, kudos to yeah. you know Dave Filoni and, and and John Favreau for bringing on a really diverse panel of, of directors. That was really refreshing. Yeah, yeah. And it, it was a good mix. Like there was women. There were. The, I was just like I was in love. I was just like, okay. I so mean, I ha- I'll make a joke out of it. They were they were one Latino shy from being like the perfect storm of of diversity True. there. I mean, they really. I were. mean, they were almost Captain see- Planet's crews. <laughs> did, did you see who was added for the second season of The Mandalorian as a director, though? I haven't yet. Mm-mm. Robert Rodriguez. So there you go. Nice. <laughs> they now had to go you, get one. You, um, and there's been a couple of other directors that are that are coming on board. I think. Um, I, I mean, I really loved what. Deborah Chow did. I can't remember if she did mm. two or three episodes, but her episode was the one where they were on Tatooine, um, mm-hmm. oh, yeah. and they were hunting the bounty hunter into the desert and everything. And like, so she's another one. Uh, like, you know what? I think she did the the um, uh, the one where the Mando breaks breaks in and steals Baby Yoda back. Okay, she did that one also. Mm. Um, so again, this is another director that knows action. She's been she's now tapped to do the Ewan McGregor. Um, Obi-Wan Kenobi series like she's going to be a oh. showrunner for that um, so she is awesome yeah, um, yeah. like there, there is definitely uh, there's some really great talent there's like you said very diverse talent um, and, and as well as it should be mm-hmm. I mean mm-hmm. as, it, as it should be it's a it's a you know a, a gallery of of races and species and everything else in that in, in the star wars universe it should be a, the same sort of variety of, of input you know it doesn't Unless need to talk- be a boys it doesn't need to be a boys club and it certainly doesn't need to be a white boys club yeah unless you talk to uh neil degrasse tyson who <laughs> says the species of star wars is not diverse at all because they're all That's- bipeds okay <laughs> he hates cool. star wars he really hates Star Wars. It is amazing. Is he, un- is he unfamiliar with Jabba the Hutt then? Uh, Jabba the Hutt so. is, not, is not a biped. Well, so there you go. There yeah. you go. He's a slug. He's a slug, Neil. Come at me. I know. I love it. I <laughs> oh, good stuff. Good stuff. All right, Lynette, let's go back to you. What do you got for your number two this week? All right, my number two is kind of exciting. Um, though I just realized that my number two is is going to be post effect, but maybe they're going to archive it. So. So it came out in our local paper, the Daily Gazette, uh, that um, uh, Colin Mockery, I always say his name wrong, from Whose Line Is It Anyway, is actually going to guest guest uh, guest star on one of our local uh, improv groups um, virtual page. Oh, Let cool. me try to say that in English again. <laughs> so basically, uh, basically, our local company is called uh, Mop and Bucket, or Mopco, as we like to call them, because it's Mop and Bucket Company. Um, and they just announced that they're going to have um, an evening with Colin and Brad. Um, and I guess 
the or the touring shore was supposed to we were supposed to have seen um an evening with colin and brad uh touring with brad sherwood but unfortunately because of corona that got canceled um but mopping mopping bucket was able to get him for an eight o'clock show on saturday um to do a virtual show with our company from their homes um it is free of charge to watch it will be on youtube on the mop mop uh mop and mopco's uh youtube page um and that's pretty awesome so um i'm hoping that yeah it's the free show is live.mopco.org as well if you don't have youtube um i guess that could have gone into our youtube thing but it hasn't happened yet so that's that um, yeah, so I'm super excited. I'm excited because it's our, it's one of our local groups and I've got lots of friends in it. Um, and then I'm also excited because I've always loved Whose Line Is It Anyway. And it's awesome that, um, we're still able to get some new entertainment. Definitely. Definitely. That's okay. awesome. That's awesome. Good stuff. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm a huge fan of that show. Um, short form, long form improv is always impressive to me and, uh, yeah, no, Colin's an artist. I mean, that's, it's just incredible. So, uh, I can't even imagine. Is it, are they going to like, is it recordable? Are they going to like record it so you can watch it later too? Or I, I would hope so. Let me, I'm, um, ask Josh what he thinks about it and I'll, I'll find out. Perfect. Josh, what do you, <laughs> so Josh, what do you think? Uh, so it, it took me a minute to remember in my head who Colin Mockery was, um, I didn't have to look it up because I remember it through most of my college years watching Whose Line Is It Anyway on uh, Comedy Central. Um, of the of the group, I always thought he was the most Canadian, uh, <laughs> and the, like the the least laugh out loud funny. I always liked uh, Mike McShane and uh, Ryan Stiles. Um, who was the other guy with the glasses? Greg Proops. Yep. Yeah. Um, but I always called but, him Buddy Holly. But the, the I always knew, um, although not being an actor myself, just the amount how difficult that was, uh, how talented those guys were, how talented Colin Mockery, you know, is um, being able to do that um, to not only, you know. Um, be able to go on the fly like that, but to go on the fly and be really funny. I mean, some of those shows were hysterical. Um, and it's true. Flies you know, are so to... small. I'm sorry. <laughs> you said to go on the fly and I said, Oh, it's true because flies are so small. Sorry. Right. That improv. Is that, is that improv? Yeah, that was my bad attempt. <laughs> you're, you're a nurse, right? <laughs> Uh, by force, but yes. <laughs> okay, but it was it was that was really great. It was a terrific joke. <laughs> that's that's improv, right? That's, that's improv. Yeah, it is. That's improv. Yep, that was good. That's good scene. stuff. Yes, and thank you. Did that give you enough time, Lynette? Yeah, it did. And I didn't, um, to, I didn't mean to be a dick. Sorry. <laughs> oh no, you're fine. Trust me, I'm used to it with our other co-hosts. <laughs> I'm joking. Um, what was I going to say? It does not say if it's being recorded or not. Um, however, I know that they, I believe they do record them. So, um, hopefully they'll replay it maybe as a fundraiser or something like that. Awesome. Awesome. Well, good so, stuff for that. What are you bringing up? I love it. Thank you. I love it. Josh, what's your number two this week? So, um, last, uh, last week I was able to actually, actually after our show, 
on uh, Sunday afternoon, we had some beautiful weather, and I had already uh, done all of my landscaping for uh, for the weekend for the house, actually for the week. And so I was able to lay out in the hammock on Sunday and finish two books, uh, which I'm not often able to do. Nice. Uh, so one of them, and Lynette knows I was reading it, was uh, was Good Omens, uh, which she oh, yeah. raved about on our last uh, last show. I was able to finish that one. It was a terrific book. I also finished uh, Philip Roth's uh, The Plot Against America, uh, which was also a terrific book. Um, kudos to Dave Simon and Ed Burns and their adaptation uh, of that. Uh, so I got to start new books um, this week. And I started one today uh, called Station Eleven. Are either of you guys familiar with this book? No. Is it science fiction? It is. It of of a sort. Does it, is it? It's a. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I was gonna say. I feel like somebody was telling me I should read it, but I don't quite remember what it's about. So, this book and and just so we can give the author a plug, it's by Emily St. John Mandel. Uh, it is apocalyptic fiction. Mm. Um. So it's about uh, a super flu that uh, starts wiping out uh, Earth's population and about the survivors thereof. Um, so it's prescient uh, right now, timely, um, of, of a sort. Um, the, the, I'll, I'll digress for just a second, and this is a shout-out to my wife, Kelly. Um, this is a book I've been wanting to read. Uh, I had uh, wanted to get it from the library before uh, the pandemic closed down the library and then was looking to get it through one of our e-library reading apps. Um, and it's always out. Can never get it. Can never get on a wait list or anything for it. Um, and I, as I'm walking down the hallway uh, the other day, I saw it on our bookshelf. Now, I've been trying to get a hold of this book for like the last eight minutes. <laughs> and I said... Did that book, uh, has that book been here the whole time? It's right under my copy of The Godfather, which <laughs> I've read, you know, over and over again. And it's, you know, and she's like, yeah, you bought that for me. And I said, oh, okay. Um, so I started, I, I started reading it today. I got about 50 pages in. Um, and, you know, the, as the, as the flu starts to take hold and you can see where everything is kind of going, um, I can tell right away, like this book is going to be trouble. Like this mm. is, this book's going to be like panic attack inducing and everything. And so I, I'm really looking forward to, uh, to reading it. Um, and, and there's not, there are a lot of books about the end of the world. There are a ton. Um, and I don't read all of them. Uh, th there's been some some shitty ones over the years, but um, you know, a couple of the really good ones that I've read, uh, The Stand, Kevin, Stephen King's The Stand, um, Cormac McCarthy's The Road, which I think is the gold standard for um, an apocalyptic book or post-apocalyptic book. Um, Justin Cronin's The Passage was another one that I read. Um, do you guys read Apocalypse? fiction at all or maybe book of revelations uh something like that uh do you guys have like a favorite uh you know a favorite book of apocalyptic fiction or maybe a a work of fiction uh that's your favorite 
It's a good question. Um, I would I wouldn't call it. Well, maybe I call it post apocalyptic. The last one I read that I really liked uh, was World War Z. Uh, and, yeah, pretty much me too. Yeah, I mean, I actually what was even better was I was I listened to that via audiobook, uh, where it sounds like it's just a bunch of like interviews with different people doing these chapters. Like Mark Hamill does one. Um, a couple other people do others. It, it really is very well uh, produced. So that I, I it's weird. Like I I love, but I love post apocalyptic films, Josh. Mm. So like, okay. you know, you can you could always talk me into those. Like I I will go to bat for Waterworld. I will. I'll go to bat for Waterworld. I'll say it, uh, you know it's an entertaining movie. Um, somebody has to. Somebody has to. Somebody, <laughs> and that was and that person's me. Um, but yeah, like obviously the Mad Max stuff. You know, I I I dig that because I I guess in a, in in a way it's it's helpful. It's like you know as bad as times may be. You know, it's like it could always obviously be worse. Um, and also I feel like it gets some good tips for survival out of that. Lynette, what do you think about that post-apocalyptic entertainment, if you will? I'm definitely more of a movie post-apocalyptic movie person than I am. Um, uh, what's it called the books however i have a very fine line because i don't i didn't always handle horror well Mm. uh so i've just recently been starting to get into horror movies so it i would really have to be like okay is it horror post-apocalyptic or is it like suspenseful like for some reason 12 monkeys freaks me the f out like to me that's the scariest movie out there Mm. I have yet to this day to rewatch it because it scared me that much. Um, but yeah, otherwise I really do enjoy them. But I also have that problem where I'm like, nah, that can't happen. <laughs> like, why are they doing that? And I also want to learn how to hunt in case the apocalypse does come. Yeah. <laughs> so. I, I always, I always found that, like the the most interesting. It, it doesn't necessarily have to be like I. I apocalyptic might be the the wrong word but like the like the large scale civilization shift yeah um, i always i always find that the it happening more interesting than what's happening afterwards um you know which is why like for apocalyptic horror if we want to call it that like i love 28 days later uh, that's one that i could I, handle um and i love it's not a horror film, but uh, Children of Men, um, the oh, yeah. uh, Alfonso Cuaron movie, yeah, um, which is that was okay, phenomenal. <laughs> oh, not into it, huh? Just, just okay. I, I, well, from a female point of view, I had I had some ish. I had lots of issues with that. It was. I also could have been in a bad point in my life. I don't know. I might need to rewatch it. Rewatch it. I think you'll. I think you'll dig it. Even from a twenty twenty lens, I think you'll like it. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it, it may have been where you were. I definitely don't see that one as an anti uh, or as as a any sort of misogynistic uh, movie. Although that I mean, maybe it's part of this. That one's based on a novel. It could be the source material. Yeah, um, I feel like it had something to do with the. It, it, it was definitely had. To, I mean, I understand that people don't have babies naturally, but like there there is something that the whole idea of women not having autonomy over their bodies really irked me very much like the handmaid's tale like that kind of stuff i was i yeah Mm. so is it the subject matter that bothered you and not so much the execution yeah yeah definitely okay 
Yeah, it's a good I get point. that. Yeah, definitely. Have you have you guys? I just had a quick question. Have you guys ever played the game when you're in a bar with like different people and you stop and you're like, "Would we survive the zombie apocalypse based on people's jobs?" Have you ever played that game? Or something oh, like that. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah, I like to play it when I meet new people and I'm like, "Would we survive? What do you do for a living?" It's a great icebreaker. I mean, here's the thing. I, I, a lot of people, I, I, I've made this very public that zombies is both something I'm, I love consuming in terms of like entertainment value and also something that's equally also one of my largest fears because I do believe it's the most realistic horror, if you will, out mm-hmm. of all of them. So no joke, the past, when I was younger, the first like three or four apartments that I rented, I would always ask myself, okay, if there was a zombie apocalypse, would we be okay? And the last one was actually okay because you'd have to walk over like a footbridge to get to into the apartment entrance. So I thought to myself, if there was a zombie apocalypse, I could just blow the entrance and this way they couldn't necessarily get to the front door. They'd have to like, you know, create a... So I, I thought about this intricate plan that zombies would have to go through to get into my apartment. So that I do keep those thoughts in the back of my head. Our book club came up with a plan that we were going to put... Um treadmills around a house we were going to pick a neutral house and put treadmills around around the house because i forgot where we saw it but for some reason zombies are very confused with treadmills so they just do an endless an endless loop until they can't until they can't function anymore because they have no food it's interesting they've run out of energy that was our theory and i was like where are we going to get all these treadmills from <laughs> hey i love any any idea is a good idea in the apocalypse. That's what I have to say. Yeah. So, so good stuff. I, I've always I've always Chris. I mean, just the you know you made me think of this when you said you know the zombie apocalypse being like the most realistic style type of horror. You know, for me, it's always the you know the the, the man made uh, not necessarily a nuclear apocalypse, but just a war, a civil war, bringing everything to you know mm. bring civilization down as as we see it. Whether it's you know an awesome movie like red dawn or you know um uh, or even like the handmaid's tale you know like a a a revolution or something like that um and and there's a uh i'm gonna tie this back to video games if you guys aren't familiar with it uh there is a game that's available i think it's on android and it's definitely on uh at the apple store uh called uh, this war of mine um which is a uh a game where where you and three people have to, you know, basically survive in a a war torn city, hmm. Um, hmm. and you know, you, each day, you know, you have to make decisions about, you know, do you go out foraging for food? Do you, uh, you know, is this the day that you stay inside and you and you know barricade yourself in? Um, there's it was actually updated uh, a couple months or maybe last year. Uh, where they added children as playable characters, um, and and it was like I, I I had to stop, like it was so. This War of Mine might be the most interesting game I've ever played, but like you cannot play it for a long time. Um, it's seriously seriously depressing, but um, that's the sort of thing that keeps me up at night when we think when I think about like a an apocaly- an apocalyptic situation or. You know, what if we had to live in a in a city or a place that was torn apart by war? The experience of playing in that game gives me nightmares, like for real. 
crazy. about what life would be like. Yeah. Wow. So anyway, station 11. Uh, we'll see how that goes. <laughs> way to tie it back good job good job yep. um all right uh well for my second one this week uh really quickly um you know my wife and i are looking for obviously things to watch on various streaming networks and things like that and disney plus has a great new show uh that just uh released i think this past the beginning of this month called prop culture i don't know if it, have any of you watched mm-hmm. this yet I haven't watched, watched the trailer. I saw the thing. Okay, yeah. So you saw the commercials in the trailer. It's a great show. Uh, they they do. It's I think it's like six episodes. And what they do is it's this guy Dan Lanigan. I think his name is, and he is a kind of movie, um, uh, not memorabilia, but like a movie treasure hunter, so to speak. So he yeah. looks for props, uh, set pieces, things like that that have either long been lost and things like that. So the whole show is about him going out and finding these pieces, these iconic pieces from these movies. And he does things like with Mary Poppins, he's, he goes on a search to look for uh, the parrot head uh, umbrella. Um, uh, with He does an episode on uh, Tron where he actually looks for the original costumes that they shot the movie in and things like that. So if you love props, um, set design, any type of design or tech aspects of film, it is a great, great show to watch. And surprisingly... Uh, quite emotional. I'm not going to spoil too much about this, but because I want you guys to watch it. Uh, but you know, he talks to cast members of some of these movies, and when he shows them like the costumes that they wore or a prop that they used, you, it's very surprising and and heartwarming to see the reaction that some of these cast members have to holding these items, because obviously the, the flood of memories making these movies. Uh, comes back in particularly, and I'm not going to spoil it for you, but um, watch the Honey, I Shrunk the Kids episode. Uh, there's a special surprise uh, in that, and it it blew me away of like seeing uh, what I saw in that episode where I was like, oh my God, that's, that's amazing. So um, it is a great show. If you love Disney movies, if you love movies, period, um, go see it because again, it, it's, it's going to flood all these really great memories uh, of, of these movies that we watched uh, as kids. So... Um, yeah it's only disney movies that he does um it's only yeah, for this not, episode yeah and as i'm going down one two three four five six yes um well some of them were not originally disney movies but they are now if that makes sense uh gotcha. like, like the muppet movie he does um and uh which was not a disney property when it came out but it is now so sweet yeah definitely check it out definitely check it out so that's awesome with that said let's get into youtube let's do it um josh Kick us yes. off. What do you got for YouTube in this week? So I've got a I've, I got a couple of things. Uh, they're they're we're gonna stay under the uh, the Disney umbrella. Um, uh, although before I forget, did either of you guys watch the show Encore on uh, Disney no. Plus? I saw a couple of episodes. Yes. Did you get? Did you enjoy it, Chris? Or, or, I did. Or, as, you know, as a, a guy, so. as a theater guy, I liked it. Um, you know, I, I, for, especially for human interest purposes, it's great. I mean, these are these are people talking about high school theater, which is something I obviously treasured uh, when I was in there. Lynette, are you familiar with the show at all? Oh yeah, I know the I I, okay. I know that it's a show. I know Kristen Bell hosts it. I think it has something to do with reunited choral groups. That's okay. the extent of my knowledge. Yep. yep. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> fantastic. And I'm actually I was I'm Facebook friends with a guy who actually was the director of one of the. I think it was when they did Greece. I think maybe or Oklahoma. I don't know. Uh, he he directed that show, so to speak. So um, yeah, no, I, I I was digging it. I haven't seen all of it yet, but 
It's definitely okay. on my list. So I only watched the Fiddler on the Roof one because uh, <laughs> it's really the only. As the non-theater person, it's the only one that that interests me. Uh, just from the the family standpoint, if if they do Damn Yankees, then I might be interested in, in that because at least there's a baseball angle. But um, I don't know. It made me think of it as one of the originals, but. So my my I've got two YouTube and YouTube and things um, for me, and actually you guys inspired me. Ooh. Both uh, Chris, Chris and Lynette, you guys inspired me uh, on May the fourth uh, when you were posting pictures and videos, respectively, of uh, going to Disney World uh, to Hollywood Studios and meeting uh, Chewbacca. Mm. Um, yeah. And and Chris, I saw I saw. It. I believe it was a video of, of your wife. My wife, yeah. And Lynette, I saw your, I saw the picture of you with Chewbacca. Um, I cried that day. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, I, I did too. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we, I mean, I cried so much when you met Chewbacca. Um, no, <laughs> I, it, it was it it was our actually our first day in the uh, in the parks was was Hollywood Studios and all the. Um, I cried more when my oldest daughter did the Jedi training. Like that was definitely my favorite part oh, of the day. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, but uh, and and actually, the only time I was starstruck meeting characters in Disney World was was Mary Poppins. Uh, you know, when you were talking about the parrot head, like that was the one person I needed to meet and couldn't talk to once I did meet her. Um, <laughs> I was just, I, Mary Poppins is my favorite. Um, so anyway, so two two videos because um, and. and you guys for the inspiration for it. Um, my wife and I are actually starting to talk about booking our next Disney trip because we need something uh, to look forward to, you know, somewhere down the road to have something to be, you know, building towards to take the girls to and everything. So um, it, it sent us down a rabbit hole and we watched Disney food blog, DFB uh, videos on YouTube for about two and a half hours the other night. Um <laughs> looking at what resort we want, might want to stay at and what restaurants we might want to eat at and every, and like just reminiscing about the places that we went. So I, I went down the YouTube rabbit hole with them. Shout outs to them. It's a pretty good page. DFB. Uh, the other one was something that I, I came across today, but was posted on Monday, uh, which was a Guinness book of world records tour of Rancho Obi-Wan, uh, in California. Have either of you guys heard of Rancho Obi-Wan? No, no. So Rancho Obi-Wan is the name of the place, and I cannot remember the guy's name for the life of me right now. He owns the largest private collection of Star Wars memorabilia. Awesome. Uh, It's a 17-minute video uh, of him taking taking you through uh, his exhibits, and um, it's a really well-put-together video. museum experience albeit it looks like it's just in a ranch house somewhere in california um but this guy's got the coolest shit and there's so like you know it's the the action figures and things like that and those are all awesome but it's also like you know the cod piece from david prouse's 1977 darth vader costume uh and you know original original heads and uh um, you know, prototype uh, prototype action figures that never made it to market. Um, privately made things. There's like a, a an Empire Strikes bike uh, that's like this beach rider bike that's all tricked out with 
uh, Empire Strikes Back stuff on it. Nice. It's, this guy's Neat. collection is awesome. So just look up uh, Guinness Book of World Records, Rancho Obi-Wan, or some combination of those words, and you'll come across it. I'm going to check that out. That's awesome. That's awesome. It is. It's super cool. Good stuff, man. Good stuff. All right, Lynette, what do you got for your YouTube? All right, I got a couple of things for you. First thing is uh, the, I'm sure if you've seen social media, uh, it's worth the check out is the Park and Rex uh, special. Um, yes. the, full, the full special is on YouTube, posted by NBC. Um, so you can see that there. The other thing is MCC Theater, one of my favorites, um, had their cast of, um, had their cast of Alice by Heart uh, record um, down the rabbit hole um, from their homes. Uh, and it's wonderful and it's well put together. It's about a five minute video. Um, you just, it's nice to hear good musicians with good uh, vocal quality singing some Duncan Sheik. Um, and I just can't wait for that to transfer. Um, it gives me warm fuzzies. Yeah, I was about to say, so you're, you're all in on that show. So that's awesome. I, oh, I love that show so much. Um, I even just, actually, I just bought the book today too. Not that that's YouTubing, but, um, so yeah, so that's what I got for you. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah. No, hopefully knock on wood that once theaters come back, you know, Alice by Heart is one of those shows that gets, kind of gets the fast track, so to speak, but, yeah. uh, that'd be great. So for mine real quick, um, you know, here's real quick, two things. One, we talked, we briefly talked about it before with the pandemic. Folks, with YouTube right now, uh, there's a lot of crap out there. So we talk about YouTube and a lot on the show. Please, 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 if you're going to watch a video that has anything to do about uh, the coronavirus, um, the Joe Biden Tara Reid issues, uh, things like that, just make sure you're watching, I think, what are credible uh you know, outlets, so to speak. Try to avoid the conspiracy theorists, the crazy opinions, things like that. Go, go, go for people that are stating the facts clearly because this is a time when you've got a lot of people out there that are taking advantage of paranoia and things like that by pushing stupidity. So please avoid that. I saw a lot of sharing of a lot of videos today that really, uh, I was just like, I know that some of these people are smarter than what they're posting on social media. So that's that's like my YouTubing disclaimer. But uh, in happier ones um i saw a trailer today for the upcoming netflix series which is coming out later this month space force did either of you see this trailer i have not seen the trailer but i did see the stills from it it's fantastic it looks great it's from the creators of the office greg daniels and such uh with steve carell so the two of them are getting back together um but it's about the creation of Space Force, which was announced a couple of years ago that Donald Trump wanted to uh, create. And it's kind of a, definitely a satirical look at the creation of this wing of the armed forces. Um, it, is, it looks fantastic. The cast is off the chain. I mean, you've got John Malkovich in it. You've got Ben Schwartz in it. Uh, you've got Jimmy Wang, who was in um, Silicon Valley, one of my favorite shows ever. Uh, it, it is a incredible cast, so definitely check out that trailer. It's on YouTube. Uh, it'll make you laugh. Um, I can't, I can't wait for that show. So now I'm really excited, really excited. Um, so that's wow, that was quick. That was I mean, amazing what happens when Ben's not here. We we kind of I know zip through this thing. Crazy, <laughs> crazy, crazy. Well, anyway, uh, Josh, thanks again for for joining us. Anything else you want to say? Anything to plug at all? Uh. Consider your sources uh, when when you're out there. I have to echo that. Um, 
you know, listen to the experts. Please stay safe. Don't go out. Don't make other people unsafe. Um, and just be healthy and safe. That's all. Other because if you do, then Josh will prosecute you. There, I mean, yeah, he he really won't, but I'll just throw it out there anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Lynette, how about you? Anything? Anything last to say? Anything to plug? Um, no. Well, maybe I don't know if my article gets on the blog. Um, it will. It oh, will. great! Yay! I might. I mean, I'll just say it right here on the air. I might want to split it into a part one and part two because it is. Ooh. It's good and it's long. It's like, so yeah, yeah kind of make break that up into two different things but uh yeah definitely be on the lookout for that because it's gonna be good all right great so then yeah look out for my article on the onstage blog love it uh finally uh one thing i definitely want to make sure i mention too is that uh we have started a brand new website uh underneath the onstage blog clamor media umbrella it is called the mid carters and it is strictly for professional wrestling enthusiasts so what we are doing is trying to basically create onstage blog for professional wrestling. We've got some great articles up there already that talk about kind of rest of the industry as a whole. Some of them talk about specifically things that are WWE and AEW related. Um, and just, like I said, general thoughts about the industry itself. So it's going to be a great website. We're, we're, we're not expecting this grand rush uh, to, to the site. We're going to build it up organically and through marketing. But uh, it is at themidcarters.com. We also have our own Facebook page called The Mid Carters. And we're on Twitter under The Mid Carters. So there you go. It's all uh, up and running. But yeah, if you're a pro wrestling fan, definitely check it out. Because what we're trying to do is, I guess you could say, elevate the wrestling criticism uh, websites that are out there. Because if you look at, again, if you look at some of the discussion groups uh, of wrestling on Facebook, good lord. Uh, it could use um, some some awakening, if you will. So, can't wait to can't wait to get into that space. Josh, I know you're probably excited about that because you and I are both. I'm, I'm, I'm very excited. Although my, my my favorite era of wrestling is that like late '80s, early '90s. Oh, we'll be talking of, about it. Well, there'll be plenty of, of that material. It, it's before the Attitude Era. Era. It's a little bit more of the glam era, but I really do like that that time period but i'm very much looking forward to this website that's awesome all right folks well we will see you right here next week on desperately seeking entertainment